Welcome to the Watch and Learn Show, where we talk about life lessons we learn from movies new and old, and we have a bit of fun along the way. And now, here's the host, Sky and Dusty. Hey, hey, movie maniacs. My name is Sky, and I'm joined once again by my brother Dusty over there. Dust, what's that razor about? So, I was thinking, if you remember, it was probably a few episodes ago, I talked about a new razor that I bought because I'm frugal. I bought this thing called the safety razor. And if you could see it, it's a safety razor. If you take it apart, and for everybody listening on the podcast, you can see this on our YouTube channel, um, the watch and learn podcast.com forward slash YouTube. But you can see it has these tiny little razor blades. So I'm taking apart. I should probably show you as I'm taking apart. So this comes off and then here's a tiny little razor blade. Like, you know, seeing like the old uh, 80s drug dealer movies, they're using these to chop up the cocaine and stuff. But anyways, so as you put it back together, it's a razor blade. I was thinking, so I bought this and I save a ton of money. Do you, th- well, you know, you buying just the individual blades instead of the whole, you know, Bic or the the 18 blade, you know, things. Do you think Vin Diesel uses something like this to shave his head? Or because, I mean, it's only one blade. If you can see, there's only one blade in there. And it's... um. Even though it's called a safety razor, you can still cut yourself. What do you think? Uh, yes, he probably uses something like that. But instead of those cheap uh, blades, he probably uses very high, like high uh, platinum blades or something. Because the guy is a multimillionaire, produces, creates all of these movies. He's the money behind a lot of them as well. I bet he gets a really good back end. So he's he's uh, he's uh, spending a little bit more than you are, Dust. <laughs> he probably is. And if you remember one, you were telling me... Uh, recounting of what Vin Diesel said before he, so he got the part for saving private Ryan. It's the most, like the most recent or the first movie that we remember ever seeing him in, but he was walking down the street and this is, this is literally not egotistic at all. all egotistical at all, not uh, self-centered or uh, egocentric at all. He's walking down the street. Again, he's a nobody. He's walking around thinking and raising his arms up like this, like, this is what it was like when I was not famous because I will be famous soon and walking down the street. Like he's, I was like, wow, this guy, he's not full of himself at all, but he, you're right. He's got lots and lots of money now. Yeah, for sure. And it ended up coming to fruition, right? Like he had this goal of being a world famous action star. And within just a few years, he gets triple X and he goes to pitch black and whatever other movies and, you know, just go on, on and on. And now he is one of the biggest stars. But what I found interesting about him, he reminds me of Steven Seagal from the 90s. So if you remember Steven Seagal movies, right? Steven Seagal never gets hurt. He always wins. He's able to take anybody out lickety split. No problem. And and Vin Diesel seems the, seems kind of the same way. In this movie, he has the ni- nanite, so he gets shot up a lot, but boom, the nanites fix him up. He's never bloody, never ugly, never cut up. He's never getting beat up. He can beat anybody in any fight. He takes on whole teams of 20 bad guys in cars and takes them out. I mean, he is the Steven Seagal for the 2000s now. That's a good point. I remember Steven Seagal growing up, you know, watching the Steven Seagal movies and his Steven Seagal's Kung Fu or karate just looked really weird. Like it looked, didn't look like what you would normally expect, but apparently what I've heard is he's actually a fairly good, you know, martial artist. I don't know. Like it's not, I, I, I don't know if he is or not, but I heard he was, but yeah, you're right with Vin Diesel, literally no transformation in him. Uh, no changing of like, Oh, I'm grown. No, he's always the same person always can destroy anything and everything. Um, 
I wonder how many more movies are going to be like this, where it's just like Commando. Well, Commando was even more realistic than this. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit yeah. at least, for sure. Yeah, and so, so yeah, I that's interesting. That's a good thought. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. He just reminds me of that. Like, I love heroes in movies. If you think about Sylvester Stallone, in all of his movies, he gets beat up and he goes through hell. He start. He often starts off as one person and becomes somebody else throughout the whole Rocky series. Becomes a totally different person. You know, like he has it. Jackie Chan. All of his movies, he gets beat up. He's the hero, but he ends up overcoming crazy big odds. Sometimes he grows as a person and stuff. But uh. uh I still enjoy, though, watching Vin Diesel movies just for the sure sheer excitement, adrenaline, um, blood pumping action kind of stuff. You know, I don't watch Vin Diesel movies for the plot. That's for sure. <laughs> so let me ask you, was his entire body, not just his blood, but apparently his entire body made up the nanites? Because if you watch towards the end, he gets shot in the face, the face goes and it goes there. And then it and comes right back. That was not even, what we remember. It was, you know, cut this hand, nanites come and fix it, fix, 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 fix. This was... Yeah, right. <laughs> it was interesting. And so she said they are your blood. They're not in your blood. They are your blood. So they were just this blood. Um, yeah, that's interesting. That's maybe... And then something else at the very end. I mean, we're jumping to the end of the movie. But the nanites kind of fly out of him. Like his body, like morphs or whatever and it turns into nanites and they fly out and dismantle the bomb can nanites fly i thought they were kind of like a part of you walking around crawling inside of you maybe the they evolved yeah maybe that's what it <laughs> they is they evolved yeah did you realize that vin matrix. diesel had the power of google in this movie like he was able to access online ping cell phones and stuff access the internet find the bad guys use satellites and stuff he had the power of google he amazing like mm-hmm. literally amazing why create just one literally create hundreds and thousands that's what he obviously wanted to do and make him a weapon but um so i want to jump right to the favorite scene oh in this movie because there was one i've literally watched it and i pulled it up on youtube i've literally watched it six times at least and it was a short short scene and but what's your favorite scene um at first, I was going to tell you the elevator fight, but I've chosen the final battle scene in a lot of these movies as my favorite over and over again. So I decided to switch it up, and I really like. I was really interested and in drawn into Toby Kebbell's character of Martin during the interrogation with the psycho killer and him dancing towards. It felt like Quentin Tarantino Reservoir Dogs, but I really enjoyed that full scene. And I didn't know that there was going to be a twist later on. I thought. Martin, Toby Kebbell's character, was going to be the bad guy. And he seemed like a just an intense, insane bad guy willing to kill his wife like that and then kill him. I, I, I That scene got me interested. But then beyond that, the movie kind of <laughs> lost my interest. But that's it. You hit the nail on the head. That was my favorite scene. Now, some <laughs> of the action... Yeah, yeah. I mean, seriously, I literally watched it over and over again. Not the entire scene, but I'll get to it in just a second. Some of the action towards the end, it reminded you of The Matrix, the third one, where that's literally like CG looks really bad. You know, back then it looked really like the CG now in like Endgame of Marvel's Avengers looks phenomenal. Like it looks really, really good. Um, but when you have them fighting, going down the elevator shaft and stuff, it's like you could tell it's literally a cartoon that you're watching. It was pretty, it's pretty sad. But what really drew me in was 
And it was cinematography, the cinematography of that one character entering in and the music playing. I literally, like you said, I was literally sucked in. I was like, dude, this guy, I would so much prefer a mad, crazy, angry, like just literally the, the most angry, evil character ever. Like if I'm sitting in the chair. I would much prefer somebody that's so mad, so angry, just screaming and yelling, breaking things, than somebody as sadistic that would love to hurt you, that wants, it's like pleasure. That is so much more scary. So that literally drew me in. And then the song and the dance and the way the camera was panning back and seeing all, that was very cool. I watched that scene and you could look it up. If you go to YouTube and just type in bloodshot um, psycho scene or something like that, it's literally just him entering the doors and then dancing down, and then right when he turns off the microphone or the, the radio, it shuts off. Really love that that just that one shot of him walking in. Yeah, it's great. And then uh, you know the colors of the scene. The scene looks really cool, like you said, the cinematography. But then those the the hanging sides of beef along the makes it feel really ominous. Like this is a place where that's been used to bloodbaths and killing meat and cutting stuff up all the time. We're gonna see him, and you're right. I just now thought about it. Instead of Martin, like if you were Ray Garrison, Bloodshot's character, instead of Martin coming at you, if you had Crazy Legs, Jimmy, Jimmy? Yeah, Jimmy's character, that guy who's just all ugly or ugly and mean. He's just an asshole, like for no reason, just an asshole. If that was your bad guy, you'd feel a little bit more confident if you were Ray Garrison locked up in a chair. But this dude that seems totally calm and psychotic, you're 100% spot on there. Scary as anything. Those are the scariest dudes in any movie. They are. And two thoughts come to mind about number one, the actor thinking of the actor, which I want to talk to in, in right right now. But the other thought, if I don't for, if I forget it and I don't get back to it is tying it into the middle of the movie where the, oh, I'll jump right in that first. So um, the main bad guy um, says to the pro computer programmer, no more ideas out of you. You know, this is like the most cliche out of everywhere, you know, a crazy psycho killer. I'm like, huh, he created that. Oh, that's funny because it was pretty awesome. I like yeah. that. <laughs> so that that's the first thought. But the other thought was the actor that played the crazy guy walking in. Have you ever seen the movie Rock and Rolla? Uh, no, I wanted to watch it. Never did. He's in it. He is in it. You would like the movie. So that is made by Guy Ritchie, who did Lock, Stock, Two Smoking Barrels, and Snatch, and uh, The Gentleman, which we covered recently. Yes. Yes. So the rock and roller, it, it was pretty uh, aggressive in like um, just everything like violence and all that sort of stuff. But it was rather entertaining. And he was in it. He did a phenomenal, phenomenal job, fantastic job in the movie. So as an actor, I wanted to see him more like I was hoping he was going to be the evil, crazy, psychotic like Joker-esque type of uh, villain, he would have been perfect throughout the only thing because rock and roll really showed that as he has the capacity to do that. Yeah, for sure. Um, And I would have loved to see him be the bad guy throughout instead of Guy Pierce appearing good and then going bad. Just in general, twist villains in stories, I'm not a big fan of it. Most stories can't pull it off. If that Martin, Toby Kebbell's character, could have been the bad guy throughout that is such an awesome bad guy. You don't need to have a good guy and then go bad. At the beginning of this movie, when I was watching with Mason and Dalen and my wife Denise as well, of course, as soon as Mason saw Guy Pierce, gray hair, glasses, he's in charge. Mason goes, and Mason had yeah, never seen Guy Pierce in a movie before. Yes, yeah. yeah. He said, "Oh, that's the bad guy," and I was, I didn't exactly. want to agree with him because I was hoping he was wrong, <laughs> but I knew the same thing, right? When you see somebody come on screen and you know that they're the bad guy, it kind of just it. 
it takes away the, I, I guess, the suspense of the reveal later on. And let me tell you, world famously, I predicted the bad guy just from the credits in uh, that movie from the early 90s called uh, Kiss the Girls. Kiss the Girls was Morgan Freeman. And what's her name? I can't remember the actress's name. I don't remember her name. Yeah. But, you know, there's there's a psycho killer, kidnaps women, and then kills them and stuff, right? During the credits, you don't see anything else. The credits show Carrie Elwes is his name. Right away, oh, Carrie Elwes is the bad guy. <laughs> Just, I knew right away. He He's a detective huh. in the movie. He ends up becoming the bad guy at the very end. Last five minutes, you find out who he is. But I just, when I saw his name on screen, I knew, oh, bad guy right there. Because he plays the bad guy normally? Is that what you're saying? No, Carrie Elwes has never been the bad guy. He was uh, in Princess Bride. He was um, Dread Pirate Roberts. Wesley, he was in, in Princess Bride, uh, right? And I don't think up to this point I've ever seen Carrie Elwes as the bad guy. I don't know what. I saw his name. I knew he was a bad guy. And that kind of- That's Carrie Elwes? For me. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, Princess Bride. That's that's. I love that movie. He's fan, He's phenomenal. He was in the TV show Psych. TV show Psych as well for a couple scenes. He was like a a, a sneaky um, thief. Really, really fun. But uh, yeah, he was in one of our favorite movies, um, uh, Hot Shots as well. Hot Shots. Fantastic. Yeah, he's uh, war. It's fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) So we did recover that movie. But uh, yeah, with having the having the good guy supposedly seems like storytelling wise, this is the good guy. I'm on your side. It's been played out so much. And Mason and I think a lot alike. Cause I literally, as soon as he came on the screen, I'm like, and he's smiling. He's the bad guy. We know he's absolutely the bad guy. And then from there, when I saw, uh, uh, Den Wiesel's character, uh, What's rich, whatever the guy is. Anyway, Ray Garrison, um, bloodshot. Ray Garrison. Yeah, he's trying to go, you know, chase down the guy that killed his wife. As soon as I saw him acting a little funny, like like quirky and not like the crazy psychotic, I was like, there's something up. And so that was the two instances I was like, there's something different about the story. Obviously, it's a storytelling. So they're trying to make it, you know, change on you. Um, but the before that, what made it even worse or where it got me thinking this is weird is when uh, uh, Vin Diesel actually goes into a, like he's in the military, he has a team, but he's the only one entering in and destroying everybody. Then he takes everybody out and they says, okay, guys, now you can come in clean up. <laughs> that is so Steven Seagal. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. He just has that attitude in most movies, like where the heroes, like the ultimate, I can do it alone. No time for backup. We got to go in now. That's Vin Diesel's character right there. But you know what I found interesting is, when he saves the hostage, he looks down and he feels some blood. He got shot right there. I think within the world of the story, that is where Vin Diesel's character, Ray Garrison, actually died. And then he gets taken back to RST and Guy Pierce revives him, you know? And so, and that's why, like, maybe it's something that's so ingrained. This was the moment that you die. You got shot in the gut. You're bleeding out. They can't erase that memory as part of, as part of Vin Diesel hmm. or Ray Garrison. You know, I, I think that's, that's when he died. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. I, I like that. So the the obviously the changing of a good guy being bad guy cliche. We have that. Did you see any other cliche type things? And so obviously Steven Seagal esque, where he this guy literally cannot die unless you blow him up enough to where his nanites die. You know, it's just uh, a little yeah. too too much for me. There wasn't. There, there's quite a few others. Like I said, Jimmy or Crazy Legs Jimmy, um, just being an asshole for no reason. 
He just, I'm an asshole. That's me. You know, that's that you see that in movies all the time. Right. Uh, just don't care for, and yeah, just too, too many cliches. One thing that I thought was really hokey and I had to write it down at the very beginning, him and his team are coming back from the mission. They're on the tarmac. His wife is right there. And he says, he looks at his wife and it's just, <laughs> it's just, I thought it was so hokey. He says, that's what we fight for guys. And then they get together in a group. No mission too difficult. No sacrifice too great. Duty first. That's just the hokiest thing in the world. And and really, that scene, I don't learn anything about Vin Diesel as a character throughout this movie. And I don't care for him in any way. Sure, he's married and his wife supposedly dies. But when we learn that it's all fake, I just don't care about her. And I just never cared about him in the story at all. Yeah. And just like most movies, the, the business guy is the bad guy. He's, if he's white and he's older and he's a part of the business or owns a business business. He's the bad guy. That's just always the way it works out. It's just so many things, issues in this movie that came up. It was entertaining though. When I did, when they showed basically everything you saw at the beginning of the movie was his memory. And that was cool. I was like, that's a good twist. That's a good like change on explaining the story. Whereas everything that we've known watched him go through this was literally, um, uh, all figment figment of their imagination putting inside his brain. So I did like that. There were a couple other things I did like. Um, it was just rather corny throughout the whole thing. So I, as I'm watching it, I'm realizing that, man, he is literally indestructible unless you literally blow him up to where the nanites lose energy. But he's literally indestructible. Now you have at the very end, uh, I can't remember the, Marshall? No, not Marshall. Who's the, the black guy that, that was like this, the other smart? Wiggins. Techno- tech- Wiggins. Yeah, I love that character. He, he was great. Loved everything about it. Really, really fun. But he said, now you literally never need to charge. You don't need to eat. You don't need to do this. You don't need to do that. You are indestructible. I'm like, that is so stupid. Yeah. That is, like, literally, there is no... Why would I watch a part two? He's literally... There's no... Other than them, some other bad guys... Going after the people he cares about, there's literally nothing can stop him. But they might, oh, but now there's one thing that can stop. It's just too much. Yeah, I agree with you right there. Where do you go from here? And uh, I, I wouldn't even watch a sequel. And to be honest, I give this movie a D. I don't recommend anybody to watch it. If you're going to watch this movie, go ahead and watch Fast Five again. You're going to get much more excitement, much more enjoy enjoyment out of it. You're going to get to see Vin Diesel. And all like every movie, Vin Diesel's wearing tank talks. He's always showing off his muscles, you know, no matter what. You get to see plenty of that in Fast Five if you want. You also get to see the bigger and buffer and more awesome rock in that movie. That, that movie is so much better than this one. So I give it a D because if you turn off your brain and just sit there and watch for the fun of it, watch the action, it's not a bad flick. But nobody's missing out on anything if you skip this one. I completely agree that um, you're not missing out much if you don't watch it. But if you just want to enjoy the ride and just turn off your brain and just waste a couple hours, however long it is, just waste a couple hours, but just be slightly entertained. It was okay. I'm not saying it was horrible. <laughs> be slightly entertained. Plenty, slightly entertaining. <laughs> there were some other, we've seen some plenty of other really crazy, crazy um, uh, movies out there that are just so egregious. They're like, Keep the money. Give me my life back. I don't even want the money. I'll give you my money just so I can have my life back because it's so bad. But everything that we see inside of Vin Diesel, I'm hoping it changes because I'm looking at Vin Diesel. He's getting old. He's getting a little. He's not as. Uh, remember Pitch Black? He was. He was pretty fit. He needs to get back in the gym. And I think that's why The Rock called him like a candy ass or something like that. in, in a Twitter. I, now here's a funny thing. 
The Rock and he were going almost like a Twitter battle back and forth, you know, calling each other out and stuff. I wonder if that was publicity or if that was actually real, like publicity, try to get people to watch, you know, Fast and Furious and say, hey, what really happened? Or if it's actually real, well, The Rock is like, dude, these prima donnas, like, oh, my goodness. Like we could tell Vin Diesel is it seems like is a prima donna. Now he can kick the crap out of me. I completely I'm not saying that he can't. I'm not saying that at all. But when somebody is so arrogant to walk down a street saying this is what it's like to be unfamous infamous infamous (laughs) and and then like i'm gonna be so rich one day i'm not gonna even remember this so i better soak this in i'm like that's wow that's that's uh pretty egotistical yeah for sure now i do think that that beef is real in some regards at least i don't really it doesn't seem to me that the rock would kind of be that kind of person to call out his co-stars but at least he didn't mention them by name so he could have been talking about tay diggs or vin diesel or or Ludacris, whoever else on the, maybe, you know, maybe. Um, but it does make sense that, like you said, he is so full of himself. He doesn't want to be upstaged in any movie, upstaged in any scene. He is the center of attention all the time. Even when you have beautiful Isa Gonzalez on the screen, right? He still has to be showing his muscles and flexing while he's talking to her. Like, he's got to be the lead in the scene. And so I think is there's a very good possibility that was real beef between the two. Because if somebody yeah. attacks him, my guess is he will attack back via Twitter or whatever. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So I, when, when I watched pitch black, I was a big Vin Diesel fan. Um, and just from there, it kind of, I think Chronicles of Riddick really, I had a whole bunch of hype or in my brain, I was looking forward to it because I was like, Oh, pitch black was so much fun. But the Chronicles of Riddick, like you just made a face. So everybody watch on YouTube. Sky made this face like, ah, that was bad. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it wasn't that great. And so, um, I guess Vin Diesel's in my eyes, the only one that actually was fairly decent because it was um, didn't necessarily center around him was Fast First, the first Fast, Fast First, First Fast, whatever, <laughs> Fast and the Furious. That was pretty good. Like he was a part of it. He was definitely flexing and all that sort of stuff, but it wasn't all about him. Now every movie, because it's the Ben Diesel show, it's all about him. So, eh, oh, well, but on the movie itself, watching it from beginning to end, the storyline was predictable, but entertaining so what i give it i give it a d plus and if it's anything like if anybody watching this or listening to this podcast i want you to go look up in youtube just type in bloodshot psycho dance or something like psycho song and i don't know the song apparently uh the song is written by somebody it's like psycho some psycho killer is the name of the song and the if you don't watch unless you're really morbid or you're really like, I want to see what a, a, a psycho killer song looks like in a video. They basically make a video about a psycho killer and it's, it's pretty uh, not good, but, or I didn't go away feeling all warm and fuzzy <laughs> on the inside after watching it. But what you're looking at is the song fits perfectly. Just that scene alone. Like I said, I watched it six times because it shot so well. The actor did a phenomenal job. Everything about it. Just because, uh, actually, no, this is what I'm thinking. Vin Diesel wasn't even in that whole scene. So that's probably why it was so good. It was everything that wasn't Vin Diesel. That's right. It's the, it's the one scene where very little Vin Diesel, he's sitting in a chair, but you're focused on Toby Kebbell as he's walking or dancing down the meatpacking uh, yes. room, I guess. Yeah. I would sure. love, like you said, love to have seen his character be the bad guy and be so sadistic and so crazy and enjoy hurting people that's that would be cool 
I agree with you, man. It would have been great to see Guy Pierce. He is the good guy working with the U.S. government. We got this super, super soldier because he's just unstoppable, uh, a perfect soldier, a perfect machine, right? We're going to put nanites in and make him an even stronger machine. He's got these, this multicultural ethnic team of people backing him up, you know, uh, crazy legs. Uh, crazy lungs and crazy eyes, right? It was those three on his team. And there could have been four of them trying to take down Martin or Toby Kebbell's character as some kind of like a like a James Bondian super villain kind of a thing. That could have been a great movie. And they just kind of said, eh, uh, we, we'll, just, we'll just skip that and make the good guy a bad guy. And he's just fighting against the people that made him the way he was. It just it feels now, like something I've seen before too many times. Yeah. Did you catch how crazy lungs actually got Guy Pierce to stop her. Like, well, sorry, Guy Pierce could, with his arm could get her to stop breathing, but she stopped that. Is it because she put on this suit thing? Like she said, yeah, I took care of that. Like how in the world did you take care of him not being able to control you? I don't get it. When she, I think they don't show it. I think in the prior scene, when she befriends Wiggins, he helps her, he hacks into her system and makes it so he can't Guy Pierce can't connect with her anymore. Maybe they cut it out of the scene because that's a huge hole. Like she says, I took care of that. Like when? We didn't see that. Like we're not stupid. It could have been literally um, Wiggins saying, all right, he can't make you not breathe anymore. Cut. Like literally two seconds and then boom, we got that. (laughs) So you're totally. That's a good point. Wiggins absolutely could have done that. I did like how Wiggins was like the counterpart to the tech guy and the tech guy uses the the, uh, Wiggins open source code. I thought that was funny. Like that, that was literally, I laughed. I literally laughed when he said, oh, you use this open source code. That's so funny. On this multi-billion dollar project, huh? That is funny. That was good. Yeah, I like Wiggins a lot as a character. Like, out of all the characters within the movie, him, I like the most. Um, But he reminds me 100%. It's like he took lessons from this other actor. Do you remember The Mummy Returns and the pilot named Izzy, the one-eyed pilot, but he just, you know, wore the wore the... Uh, the eye flap for fun. They're the exact same character. 100%. You could take that actor out of uh, Mummy Returns and plump in, in, or, you know, just switch the two. Same exact movie. Uh, so it just, I just, I got that sense right when I saw him. Yeah. I haven't seen the Mummy 2 in a very long time. So I literally don't even remember. I remember there being a, you know, a pilot or something, but I have no remember. Uh, now, what was funny, Wiggins at the very, very end, you know, they're watching the sunset, like it's literally sunsetting. And then Vin Diesel gets in there and let's, let's go now. And Wiggins, I thought the exact same thing. Where are you going to go? This is like the most beautiful spot. Like where <laughs> do you go? you're driving right now. Wiggins is saying that. I was like, that's good. Cause I thought the same thing. Like, why are we going right now? We can't yeah. just wait 20 minutes. It'll be yep. sunset. It was funny. You mentioned the other thing earlier about um, how this is like too spot on or too cliched with the psycho killer music and everything. That was like two times in the movie. They didn't exactly break the fourth wall, but a character in the movie was saying something that the audience, many members of the audience were probably thinking too. Oh, you're driving off into the sunset now. Wow. What a, uh, what an original ending, whatever. I can't remember exactly what he said at the end. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, yeah. So I don't have much more to say. Well, other than the lessons, we got to get into lessons, but uh, it was fairly entertaining. Like I said, uh, I'm not going to watch it again. Other than that psycho scene was shot very, very well. Now I got a big question for you. Would you ever put electronics, any type of electronics into your body or into any part of your body? Only in the event of like crazy legs 
um, how, you know, like a, a, a electronic prosthetic, like cybernetic prosthetics I would do. But like, I know that Elon Musk is creating things that you can put in your brain and your microchips accessing your brain connects to the internet. And I don't think I would ever do anything like that. I absolutely would not ever do anything like that. Now, something like a, um, a leg that has like a piston or something, but not a thinking leg or a thinking arm or something like that. Uh, there's just, we know that people can hack and in the end, you're probably going to get hacked. I'd much rather, I was fine born into this world without any of that technology. I'll be fine going back out. But who knows, literally in like 50 years, it might be so commonplace that kids are like, daddy, daddy, I want this for my birthday. And it's like, oh, uh, Total Recall, the second crappy version of Total Recall, where uh, uh, Colin, what's his name, put like he has a phone in his hand. So you have to cut out the phone, that phone comes. You remember that? Like the phone is literally inside your hand. Okay, so the crappy version of Total Recall, um, the, the good one was with Arnold Schwarzenegger, the very first one. But the second one had Colin, what's his name? But the phone was inside your hand. So you could either talk on your phone like this, or you can touch a glass and it comes up and like it, like it visualizes, but to get the phone, you have to cut the person's hand out and pull out the phone. It's an attachment to you. And you're right. Elon Musk, he's saying that if you want to talk physically talk, it'd only be out of nostalgia. Cause you won't need to anymore. I literally just use your brains. And I'm like, Oh, that is scary. Like I would hate it if a hacker or the government controls, like comes over and takes over me and does something. Uh, yeah. So I personally would literally never have any part of my body having technology. Even if my whole side of my body gets blown off, I'm still not going to do it. Yeah, uh, I got you. And I, I totally understand that rationale. I'd have a tough time doing it. So does that mean that you listen to the Joe Rogan podcast with Elon Musk recently? I saw like, I don't know, on Instagram or Facebook, there was like a, a posting, like either Joe, oh, Joe Rogan might've said that or like, you know, his uh, Twitter feed or no, I don't, mm-hmm. not, I don't, I don't go on Twitter. His Instagram feed must've put Elon Musk on there and said something about that or some, that's how I saw it. Yeah. It was a really good episode. Two hours talking to Elon Musk about all his ideas and upcoming stuff. He's a really smart guy and I'm sure he can develop this, I guess, digital interface for your brain. But yeah, like you said, not a fan, not going to do it. For sure. Like that Did just I reminds me of all those Black Mirror episodes and people can hack in and then now I have all my memories here and you, ah, no, thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. Did I give my grade? Uh, you said D plus. D plus. Okay. That's where I, I just want to make sure I did before I forget. So let's get into the lessons. Well, actually we could jump in the prop and then get into lessons. What was your prop? The only thing that really looked any good to me was KT's extendable baton. Like she whipped it out when she saved Wiggins, beat those guys up. But the dumbest thing, she beats them up. It's a beautiful baton, stainless steel, kick the crap out of those guys. And then she drops it like a mic. And then she goes and talks up, talks to Wigan. Why would you leave your awesome weapon behind? But that's what I would take. It was like that. She's trying to drop it like a mic, but like, no. Well, and, and look how thinking of the movie, look how frail she is. Like she has literally got skin and bones and she's, I I could see that baton literally destroying kneecaps and stuff. I know that would be disgustingly awesome, but all the things that she was doing, like she's so frail. Like somebody could just pick her up with her hand, with their hand and pick her up and slam her on the ground. I just don't see it, but maybe I'm completely naive. And I think, (laughs) and they probably car could do that. But, um, so my, it would probably be the, box of noodles that Wiggins was eating. That's probably the only thing memorable in No, I'm just kidding. Um, I think that car that he drives, um, 
uh, Wiggins points out, hey, this one doesn't have any um, like electronics. It's all motor. Whatever that old car was, I can't remember what it was. I don't. I'm not a big car person, but it looked phenomenal. So that's one I would take. Gotcha. It had the rounded body top and the sides, and it was white. Yeah, you're right. That is a good choice right there. Liking that one. So my first life lesson, and this is something I always live by. Keep it simple, stupid. Their plan of killing all of his um, uh, past associates hinged on constantly redoing the same thing, tricking this guy, acting up this scene, removing his memory. Just it, it was just too complicated. Just find a guy that's willing to kill other people for money who's as good at their job as uh, Ray Garrison is. Then you, now you don't have to worry about controlling somebody and tricking them and putting on an act unless you want to be an actor someday or something. I don't know. It's just too complicated. Keep it simple. Keep it simple when you're killing people. I love it. So there was one line, though, that was fairly, I wouldn't say good, but it was okay. It was when uh, Vin Diesel's character, uh, Garrison, said, who we were doesn't dictate who we have to be or who we're going to be in the future. I love that. And there's a thought that, you know, it's hard for humans to change, which I definitely see that. It's hard for most people to change. People change gradually, very little. Like the characteristics inside of them is hard to change. But just because our characteristics don't change doesn't mean we can't change how we act and how we, we react to things. And, you we, you know, growing up, you you and I, so I grew up together, and um, I definitely was much more self-centered and just the type of person that uh, didn't really, I wouldn't say didn't care about other people. I just didn't think of other people just because I just never thought to. But as I get older, I'm like, that's just not smart. It's much better to think of other people, help other people out. I've learned and changed and grown. So um, I do like that, that who we were doesn't dictate who we're going to be. For sure. I love that life lesson. That's what I'm all about. Just being 1% better every single day. Do something to move that needle forward, whether it's interpersonal, at work, your creative efforts, whatever it might be, exercise, physical health, do something to move that needle. I love that lesson of yours right there. Uh, My second lesson is do not work for a murderous megalomaniac, right? (laughs) He's got a team of like six IT experts helping him pull off murders. Not only are they killing his old business partners, people he used to work with, they're also fine killing like 20 people guarding him, right? Totally innocent people. I guess they're hired mercenaries, but still in this instance, they're innocent. They haven't done anything wrong. They're all totally fine with it. As soon as you tick him off because you program something wrong or screw something up, you're on the chopping block next. It's so idiotic. I agree. And part of me thought, do I just pull out a gun and shoot him right then and there? Like uh, I just, he, he, at any thought he would and could or could and would absolutely kill me because I know too much. I've also been complicit in doing all that sort of stuff. So he's going to kill me. So why would I stick around or why would I let him have the opportunity to kill me? So I was thinking KT literally should have just killed him. Like just, he, you know, he's going to try to kill you, figure out a way to kill him. Like Don't just say, let me just wait and wait around and let uh, Garrison come back. No, just literally kill him. What are you waiting for? 100% agree with that. Okay, so my next lesson is question everything. I am not the best at questioning everything. I'm I'm not saying I'm gullible, but... I, it's it's not my, my innate nature to question, like, is this true? Is that true? It's just not in me normally. But when something pops up, it's not just question everything. But I, what I, I, I would add to question everything. When a yellow flag pops up in my brain, I've trained myself to not push it down because I've done it so many things, so many times where it's like a, red, a yellow flag pops up and it will eventually. And a friend of mine a long time ago, older gentleman, like 80 years old, said, Every yellow light 
leads to red or goes to a red light. And so if you have yellow lights popping off, more than likely it's going to lead to a red. So you better be checking that out. And like, that's a good point. And so all the time, usually when I see a little yellow flag pops up in my brain, I shove it back down like, oh, no, it's a coincidence or, oh, no, it'll be okay. I had to train myself, or at least I'm trying to train myself to grab those yellow flags and pull them down and say, oh, what is this? Question that. Is this, should I be concerned about this? And another thing, Batman uh, Returns, or what's the third one? It was a Batman, not Dark Knight, but anyways, the one with with um, uh, Bane. Bane. You know, he, yeah, so... Um, the, the captain is the, the Gordon chief chief commissioner. Gordon tells Robin says in our line of work, we cannot believe in coincidences. There's no such thing as a coincidence in our line of work. And that's what I would with yellow flags. Oh, it's just a coincidence. Let's put that yellow flag back down. Well, I, I learned from commissioner Gordon. There's no such thing as a coincidence. So I need to live like that because I don't want to get taken advantage of again. Cause it's, it's it would be, it's easier for me to go with the flow and just say, ah, the yellow flag go down. So I've been having to change that question, everything, any, every yellow flag turns to red. Cool. I love that lesson. You're absolutely right about that. Love that one there. Um, and, uh, lastly, my third lesson is you can't control others. So they're trying to control Ray Garrison and they're successful for a time, but as soon as he figures out what's happening and then even KT, right, she's on, uh, uh, Guy Pierce's side for a while, but then she starts to fight back. He forces her to do it by cutting off her air supply, right? You can't control others. You just build up resentment and you create an enemy who has, Oftentimes, if you're trying to control them, you think they're on your side. Well, now they're in the perfect spot to do harm to you. So you've created a close to you enemy. Stupid idea. Don't try to control others. Yeah. And you've made them not just close to you, but you made them into an enemy and you brought them like they literally know everything about you. So, yeah. So my Monday morning quarterback and I'll get to my third lesson. My Monday morning quarterback should have been um, Guy Pierce or, you know, the main bad guy should have just killed um, KT right then and there. Just, just dropped her. Just, you know, you know what? You're not gonna do what I'm saying. Boom. You're dead. Which if it wasn't KT, this pretty lady, he would have just done that. Like, you're not doing what I'm telling you. You're going to let him go. You've shown so many patterns of this bad behavior. I'm going to kill you. So if I were the bad guy, I would just off her, even though you put a lot of money into her and she already has a part in it. She's going to sabotage you. Yep. She's already on her way to betraying you. Right? Yeah. (laughs) So my last lesson is, Going to now, number one, never go alone into a room when you have a team when at the very beginning or where uh, Vin Diesel's character uh, uh, Garrison's going in there and taking out the bad guys. Never go alone. That's just stupid. But really what it comes down to, I'm thinking of the bad guy. The bad guy has got a shotgun pointed or it was shotgun or rifle, whatever it was pointing to the guy's head. And you tell the other guy to lower his weapon. He does. What is stopping you from just blowing him away? Like literally, blown. now, now somebody might say, well, he wants to try to get a chopper, a helicopter to try to get out. I'm like, yeah, but more than likely they got a team out there or this guy in front of you literally is going to kill you. So as soon as he puts his gun down, shoot him. <laughs> he goes, oh, thank you. <laughs> and then blow him away. Or Vin Diesel's character. As soon as you come in, you have a shot. You don't wait. I'll give you an example. So um, I wasn't there, but I was relayed this information. So I used to work at the IT office at the local county sheriffs where we used to live in Fresno. And the IT um, guys went through the obstacle course or like the the uh, kill room, kill house. You know, you go into a house, you clear out rooms and there's bad guys in there and you have like a paintball gun type thing. It's not really a paintball gun. It's it's more of like it uh, shoots actually the little tiny uh, paint uh, balls. But 
as they're going through, there's one guy with a hostage and he's obviously a police officer. They're pretending as face mask and everything like that. And he's got a hostage and they enter the room and they're like this, like drop your gun, drop your gun, drop your gun. And in the end they got out and like, Oh no, you didn't do it right. And the IT guys said, what? I I see the movies like that. That's, that's what you're supposed to do. Like, no, you got a shot. You take it. Like you take that shot. You're trained to take that shot. You have no idea what this guy is going to do. He has a gun, even though he's pointing out somebody else, he could literally pull the trigger. You lose the, the hostage or he could turn on you. You lose your life. If you have a shot, you take the shot. It's a good lesson. Love that one right there. Uh, makes total sense at any time, even in paintball, right? You're playing paintball like yes. I do. <laughs> yep. When you have that shot, you start taking it for sure. Yep. Uh, so was that Monday morning quarterback you said, you said, was that your Monday morning? No, so that was my lesson. The Monday morning quarterback was Guy Pierce should have just killed KT oh, and then everything would be back Gotcha, normal. gotcha. That's the Monday morning. Uh, my Monday morning quarterback was in the interrogation scene. Martin is saying, you know, who supplied you the information? Vin Diesel kept saying, I don't know. I don't know. I can't tell you what I don't know. No, you don't do that, right? Even like if you're uh, an employee working for your boss and your boss asks you a question that you don't know, the answer is always, I don't know, but let me find out. Right? Like that's what yeah. you should have said. Your wife's life is on the line. He has a gun. He's willing to kill her. Hold on to my wife. I hate the idea. Hold on to her for a day. Let me go back to base, find out, and I'll come back with the information. Vin Diesel screwed up, maybe trying to like call his bluff or something. Idiotic play. I mean, you want to be as forthcoming and as helpful to this psychotic guy that has your wife on the line as you can until you get the chance to turn the tables on him. That's a great lesson. I love that idea, especially even like with your boss. No, I, I don't know, but I'll get it. I'll get back to you. Let me get back to you on that. You know, I'm still, I'm not in this or I'm not dispensable. Let me take care of it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So he, he done screwed up. He caused, yeah, whatever. Cool. cool. So uh, does any now. last things before we move on? No, I'm good. Okay, cool. Being so this one, we kind of chose this one together. So I'm going to leave it up to you. What movie are we going to learn from next week? So in Arizona, California is different in Arizona. And obviously everybody listening to, we usually release the episodes, right? Like the week of or something. Um, and so right now it's literally the COVID-19 is going on. Uh, Rona's running around town, you know, trying to keep people locked in their houses. So on Saturday, we could actually go back out to movies in Arizona. The governor said, Hey, we're going to open everything up. There's been like two deaths in Arizona. So let's go ahead and <laughs> open up. Um, so I know that though I want to go watch movies really bad. Like I just miss going to the movie theater. Um, and I probably will coming up this next week, but you can't, I know that because they're, they're going to be closed down. So let's watch something that is really fun. And you brought up crap. What was his name? Anyways, you'll remember, um, the Princess Bride is a fantastic movie. I think people really, really love um, us going through and they love watching. It's a fantastic movie. My kids love it. My wife loves it. Um, plus it has um, Kelsey, whatever. Carrie Elwes. Kelly Elwes. Yeah. Really fun. Um, really great movie. So how about Princess Bride? That sounds good. I'm looking forward. I haven't seen it in many years and I don't think I've ever played it for my boys. So it might be their first time watching it. So I'm looking forward to it. Cool. My kids, I've shown it to them two or three times now. They love it. They, they, you know, it's really, really fun. And so I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. Good, good. I'm glad to hear that. Well, everybody, thank you so much for listening. If you're watching on YouTube, thanks for those eyeballs. We appreciate it. If you want to see us on YouTube, watchandlearnpodcast.com slash YouTube. And if you want to share with us any life lessons that you took away that we failed to pick up on, or maybe your own Monday morning quarterback, 
Just go to the show notes page for today, watchandlearnpodcast.com slash bloodshot, and leave a comment at the bottom. All righty, once again, my name was Sky. And I'm Dusty. And we will return next week with... The Princess Bride.